It's Friday in Passiontide, the fifth week of Lent. It is also the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zilsdorf. Today we continue our pilgrimage to the Roman stations by gathering in our hearts, in our imaginations, at Saints John and Paul, and then marching solemnly in procession over to Santo Stefano Rotondo in Montecelio. This is the round basilica dedicated to St. Stephen, the proto-martyr. When his relics were rediscovered in Jerusalem, they were brought back to Rome in 415 and placed at the fascinating Santo Stefano Rotondo, consecrated in the early 5th century. Indeed, it's round, and it originally had three ambulatories, but over the centuries it was reduced to two. It is built on the remains of a military barracks, and there is also there, beneath it, a shrine to the pagan god Mithras. St. Gregory the Great preached sermons in this church. The bishop's throne that he would have sat on as he preached is preserved here. Over the centuries, the basilica was damaged through invasion and then neglect. However, it has recently been restored, and it is a must-see when you go to Rome. We are today one week out from Good Friday, and as such, it is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Today, it is possible in the older form of the Roman Rite to celebrate a Mass for the Feast of Our Lady, counterintuitively with white vestments and even a gloria. Mary, as sorrowful mother, is often depicted in art as being pierced through the heart with daggers or swords, as an echo to the prophecy made by Simeon at the time of the presentation of the Lord in the temple. He foresaw that in the passion of the Lord, Our Lady would be so much in union with her divine Son's will that she too would feel great anguish. From the Church's Year of Grace by Pius Parsh. Just one week before Good Friday, the Church commemorates the unspeakable sorrow that our Blessed Mother suffered beneath the cross. It was then that Simeon's prophecy was fulfilled, Your very soul a sword shall pierce. The feast is pervaded by overtones of tenderest mysticism on Christ's sacred passion. At times, Mary is portrayed as a bride who lost her beloved. In other passages, she foreshadows the Christian soul that loves Christ and sympathizes deeply with him in his sufferings. The Mass has a famous sequence, the Stabat Mater, certainly one of the finest religious poems of the Middle Ages. On some counts, the formulary departs wholly from the traditional liturgical forms, for example, the intro it without a psalm. The breviary hymns are taken from the same sequence. To compare the somewhat austere ferial liturgy with the highly emotional festal mass would be very instructive for anyone who desires to penetrate more deeply into the spirit of the church's liturgy. The Passiontide Mass presents the suffering of Christ in prophecy, Psalms, in figure, Jeremiah, and in history, 
gospel, the decision to put him to death. Jesus himself speaks, or the events are described objectively. Our emotions are not brought into play. Very different is the spirit characterizing the Feast of the Seven Sorrows. Here, sentiment and emotion are strong. We see Christ's agony through the heart of his mother. She is our guide. She teaches us how to suffer and sympathize with her son. Where the ancient liturgy stops, the newer form begins. The old gives theology and history. The new stimulates our hearts and feelings. Thus one complements the other.